you are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome into a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. He's Tony Wiggins. I'm James Erpine, and yes, 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 Tony, who hosts Locked On Jaguars. We're going to talk a little bit about Tim Tebow, just a little bit today. But we're actually focused on the NFC and going to run down each NFC team and see where they're at, because we did the AFC last week on Wednesday's show. So if you're looking for the AFC, go back to last Wednesday's show. You can check that out. But first, stay tuned for the NFC. And by the way, if you're listening to this show, you're probably an NFL fan. Make sure you check out Peacock and Williamson with Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. They host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every single day. That's five times a week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you check that out wherever you get your podcast. And Tony, let's dive on right into it. Well, sure. We started with the AFC last week. Let's dive into the NFC here and start with the NFC. You called them the NFC least. Am I, I crazy to think? Yeah, am I crazy to think that the NFC East is is a bit better now than they were when we uh, talked about them and beat up on them for having four losing records at the end of the 2020 season? They are better, and I'll tell you why they're better. They're better because I'll just look at a team like the G-Man, right? The New York Giants. We had Patricia Trainer on not too long ago here on our Wednesday show, and I'll look at them and I'll go: any team that has a healthy Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay. Kadarius Tony and uh, the Slayton kid at wide receiver, any team that has that on their roster, as far as skill position play, that's a lot of explosiveness. That's a lot, man. If Daniel Jones is any good, they're going to be fine. And, and that's what they seemingly did in the offseason. Dave Gettleman, who's known as a guy who gets trenches, trench monsters, he's always going to get offensive and defensive linemen, really did a good job of addressing explosive plays to get Daniel Jones some weapons. So when you look at New York, I start there because I was really, really impressed when I really sat back and watched him get extra picks for the future in the draft because I've been real critical of Gettleman, but then get explosiveness. I start thinking about how guys match with other guys, and you think of Galladay along with Saquon, along with Tony, and what you have is now more than one guy who can break a game open. You have multiple guys that can make things happen when they get the ball in their hands. Man, something about you, uh, you Jacksonville folks and Kadarius Tony. I mean, Urban Meyer said that yeah. they yeah. that they had their heart broken because they couldn't draft him. Right. I was surprised they took Tony at twenty. I mean, I get it, explosiveness. You want to see about Daniel Jones, but that's the concern when it comes to the Giants. And they're at least giving him weapons so they can figure it out. But from the moment Daniel Jones was picked it felt like a reach and mm-hmm. he, he, he needs to, to prove a lot and the pressures on him, the pressures on David Gettleman we'll see there. And really that's the thing is, is this is a, a division. I think from a roster standpoint, a lot of these teams are talented. The Cowboys have a, an extremely talented offense. The Eagles roster overall, maybe down a little bit compared to what it's been in the past, but still talented. Washington won the division last year, but to me, quarterback, there's question question marks at quarterback in three of these four spots. And you could even say Dak too, because he's coming off of injury and that's going to be the key here, which team gets high end quarterback play safe money's probably on Dallas, but outside of that, 
I don't really see it with any of these guys. Right. I got to mention Evan Ingram, too. I, I forgot about him in, in New York. But you're right. Uh, is Jalen Hurts the guy in Philly? I guess we'll move there next since they're closest to the Is Jalen Hurts really the guy in Philly? Can, can Sirianni really get it done and coach? Uh, if you judge his press conferences, I'll go, Ugh, you know. But I, I really like some of the things that they've done. Also, um, they had a lot of holes on their defense and, and a lot of holes in their secondary you just don't really know Philly's the team, the one team in that division that I go, I don't know what it is because I don't understand the coaching uh, move too much. And I don't really get where they are personnel wise with a lot of their groups on their team. So that's the team that I don't expect a lot from the million dollar question you asked as we uh, move down to the state of Texas is Dak and Dallas, because you're right. They shock people in the draft by going defense, but if Dak is back and he's at full strength, Man, does he have an awful lot of weapons on offense and a lot of things. Remember now, they were scoring over 40 points a game before he got hurt. So if they can fix the defense, Mike McCarthy can definitely uh, outscore anybody that they play in that division this year. No doubt. And and I, I think that's got to be their plan. And you saw what they did. They, they were focused on defense, 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 defense in the draft. And, and I get that, but they're going to go as far as Dak takes them. And this is kind of the – when Dak got to Dallas – it was probably the best roster they have had in a while, right? You're talking about uh, high-end running back, high-end offensive line, enough weapons. And so now can he be not only Tony Romo 2.0, but a step above that where he mm -hmm. can carry them despite having a bad defense. And I, I wouldn't count, count him out by any stretch. I think you could certainly see a path to the Cowboys winning the division, um, but it's going to be tough because – to me, that Washington pass rush, one of the best in the league. I think Ron Rivera did a great job last year. And, yeah, they don't have the quarterback position figured out yet. But can Ryan Fitzpatrick outduel Dak once? Maybe, because we, we know that, that he's capable of doing that at times. So that, that's the thing is this division, I don't see any 12-4, and 11-5 and five teams. And uh, I don't know if you do, Tony, but let's keep things rolling. Let's go to uh, the NFC South here. And the defending Super Bowl champs, to me – they're the class of this division now. I mean, the Saints, they're going to take a step back after winning the division last year. And I'm not trying to be me. Maybe, uh, you know, Jameis Winston takes a step, but I like the Bucks here. The Panthers, question marks. I like what they did in going to get Sam Darnold. And then the Falcons, I wouldn't be shocked if the Falcons finish second in this division, depending on what they can do uh, as an offense. Can they stay healthy? What Julio Jones are they getting? Because you talk about a Kyle Pitts, a Calvin Ridley, a Julio Jones – it's a full weapon, uh, arsenal of weapons, excuse me, for Matt Ryan. So you just pointed out the teams and the characteristics that make you want to realize who you're going to root for and why. I'll go the other way real quick, and the, the same award that I gave Philly, like what in the hell is going on, I'll give to Carolina. I don't know. I really tried to figure them out all offseason with Sam Donald. They're the other team in this – they're the team in this division in, in the South that I'm just eliminating right away like I did Philly is because I just don't know – I don't know the identity. I don't understand what they're going to do. But I do agree with you about Tampa. I think Tampa is not only the cream of this division, but I think they're the cream of the conference. It has a lot to do with continuity. It has a lot to do with pure talent. And it has a lot to do with the fact that whenever you're in this window, you have to maximize it. And they're still in the window. They're still healthy. They have the entire team back. They added some nice little pieces in the draft. And I just think they're poised to make another run at it. And I don't think there's anybody in this division that can stop them. Now, 
I do like what you said about Jameis. We got to figure out if he's going to be able to take that step forward. And I also like what you said about Atlanta. Atlanta, it's going to be real fun to see uh, Matt Ryan with uh, Julio and Pitts Mm -hmm. and Ridley. That's going to be fun. They may turn into one of those teams that'll just be a nightmare offensively to people, but they can't stop people on defense. So we'll just have to see how that turns out. But we'll agree right now in this first segment that uh, Philadelphia, I don't know, (laughs) in the East. Uh, Carolina, I don't know, in the South. (laughs) <laughs> and Tampa Bay is, is, is so far the cream uh, of everything uh, in the AFC. We're going to talk about the North and the West in the NFC uh, when we get back. We did the AFC last week, so we're doing the NFC this week, and we're going to uh, run through a quick preview of all of these teams, and it's much too early to give predictions, but we're letting you know how we feel about them out after the draft, and we're also letting you know Uh, what we feel now that the draft and free agency is over, how we feel about these teams moving forward. And we'll do more here after this first time out here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. Hey, NFL fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, if you text now, they're going to include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. All you got to do is text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. All right, it's the Wednesday edition of Locked On NFLs. James Rapine and Tony Wiggins get down with it, previewing and reviewing, if you will, a review to preview, a review of the draft <laughs> slash free agency of the NFC and kind of previewing what we think about the teams. We're, we've done the East and the South, and we're going to head up North. And this, to me, is the most intriguing division, the one that probably, if it hasn't changed, it will change by the time the season starts more than any other division. Let's just get right to it and talk about what's going on in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers either will or won't be there and be their quarterback. That's the story for me. Green Bay could go from the team that could be the second best team in the conference to a team that won't even make the playoffs depending on what they decide to do with Aaron Rodgers. It's a mess right now. It's a complete mess. And it's, to me, I guess it, it can be solved. I mean, you you got these guys around here now that to me have backpedaled a little bit and that's kind of what I see. And so, you, you know, you got James Jones coming out and say, Oh, well they can fix this. And hopefully they can, I think, because to me, if you lose Aaron Rodgers, you, you for whatever the case is, whatever the offer, three first rounders, four first rounders, it's not going to be enough. And it's green Bay put themselves in this position because when you, I, I think it's, it's kind of simple, man. I mean, when you're, married for what have they been married for now? They've been together for 15 years. Sometimes you take, um, not advantage. What's the word I'm, I'm, I'm you take it for granted for granted. And, and I think the Packers kind of took it for granted. And then Aaron Rodgers, who was already frustrated, saw what Tom Brady did when he left new England. It's like, man, maybe the grass is greener. I, it's a historic franchise. We've won a super bowl here. Maybe, maybe it is greener. And I think the, really the, the salt in the wound was losing to Brady despite being the MVP, losing to Tampa Bay, despite 
um, really being the better quarterback for most of last season. And it's because Green Bay just hasn't given him enough. And not that they're not a great team, because they are. I mean, they've they've won a bunch of games. They've had, what, four losses over the past two years or six right. losses over the past two years? It's been a, a great run. I think they've been 13-3 and three over the past two seasons. But it's uh, if he's not there, I don't see the Packers winning the division. If he's there, they're clearly the favorites. So here's the thing. When folks ask me, what did they really do wrong? Was it drafting Jordan Love? Was it not giving him weapons and drafting Jordan Love? Mm -hmm. Was it just not communicating with him and treating him like someone in his position and his stature deserved? What what exactly was it? Or was it all three? Probably probably all three. But here's the thing. If you're going to draft Jordan Love, it's fine. But when you draft Jordan Love and then you don't take a receiver in round two and you take a running back and then you end up paying Aaron Jones anyway, well, then why the hell did you draft A.J. Dillon in the second round and you don't take a pass catcher? And that's the missing link in Green Bay. Some are saying corner, and I get it. Yeah, Tom Brady took advantage of the Packers corners in the NFC title game. I don't know how many times people got to realize offense is the difference, man. As much as what we could talk about all these different things, your offense needs to be able to score 30 plus with the game on the line. And that means offensive line. Sure. Keeping Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady upright, but it also means getting him enough weapons. And I don't think you can give your quarterback enough weapons in today's NFL. And so that's it. That's where it falls short for me. Heck Emmanuel Sanders was available this off season. If we, if we want to go the other route, JJ Watt, he grew up a Packers fan was available. Uh, and there were rumors that they didn't really make a, a good or, you know, a strong offer to him, a strong run at him. Go for it. Push for it. You got Aaron Rodgers. Make the moves and try to win and not just win an NFC title. Win a Super Bowl. The difference between 13 and three and going, getting to the NFC championship game and then getting over the hump and winning a Super Bowl is making the move to get Antonio Brown, signing a Leonard Fournette, trading a fourth-round pick for a retired Rob Gronkowski. It's being aggressive. And that's why I think Aaron Rodgers is upset. And I don't blame him for that that reason. That doesn't mean I would necessarily demand a trade, but I would check the Packers' front office into getting me the damn weapons I want. No doubt about it. Let's move. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily East. Oh, no, no. We, we, we did the East. We got the West, man. No, no, I'm talking about if I'm in Green Bay, I go East or West. Let me see. If I'm oh. in Wisconsin, no, I go West if I want to go to Minnesota, right? Yeah, there you go. So let's go West <laughs> oh, of see. Wisconsin to Minnesota. <laughs> see that, man? I'm just trying to get my drive on through across the country, man. You're sitting there trying. I know You're stuck down in Florida. You got your no, man, no, man. I used to drive. I, I was in North Dakota. I was stationed up in North Dakota in the Air Force, man. I drove all up and around there, too, man. Gotcha. Let's go over to Minneapolis, man, and talk about <laughs> the Vikings. Uh, rumor has it now that the Vikings were one of those quarterbacks. Uh, well, one of those quarterbacks, one of those uh, teams that were considering taking a quarterback if the right quarterback would have fallen to him. I heard that was Justin Fields. <laughs> they got beat to the punch, didn't they? So, um, what do you what do you make of of uh, Minnesota? Are they just another team with a bunch of good skill players, the same way they've been over the last five or six years, uh, with a really good coach? I think Mike Zimmer is well respected, but somehow, some way, they're still going to fall short and not have enough to really make noise and get beyond maybe a first round playoff spot. I don't think you can with Kirk Cousins, and and that's 
that's kind of the problem here is, yeah, there, there are weapons, you know, you got Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. I mean, Justin Jefferson's just a highlight reel and Thielen's just a, an amazing route runner, but it's not enough. Dalvin cook in the backfield, a defensive mining coach and Mike Zimmer, who I think is underrated at this point, people have been so damn critical of him, especially up there in Minnesota. And it, it comes down to, all right, we'll go beat Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau. Kirk cousins. Isn't doing that. Right. And so they go out, they get a Kellen Mond. I like that. I like a developmental guy. Maybe, maybe they, uh, they pull that off and, and he can be the future in, in a year or two, but, um, I don't blame them at all at all or blame them at all. Excuse me for being in the quarterback market. The Justin Fields pick would have been, if he fell to them, Ooh, yeah, that would have been a home run and they didn't get that. So they, uh, they single it up with Kellen Mond and see if they can develop it, develop him. Because right now, Tony, what the Minnesota Vikings are in is quarterback purgatory. Yep. And that's a really tough place to be in. Good enough to get by good enough to put up some stats. Also good enough to have that three interception game on the game that you need to win and you can't get beyond it. Speaking of Chicago, they finally did it. They finally went out and got a guy who can be a franchise quarterback in Justin, Justin Fields. Is Matt Nagy on his last leg? Is he going to be able to get this guy on the field and actually enjoy the fruits of having him? Or is it too little too late? And do you feel this rush that will there be a rush to, to put fields out there and will that stump his development? Because sometimes you get into that situation where you got to play him, but you probably shouldn't play him, but you got to play him in order to save your job and it doesn't go well for either one of you. Yeah, that, that's the tough part here is how long is the leash now in Chicago? Our, our pace, Ryan Pace and uh, Matt Nagy, as you mentioned, are they going to have time to see this through? Cause I love Justin Fields physical traits. And I know there was some pre-draft criticism of him and some issues like that. I, I don't know what is going on. Here's what I do know. The dude's a baller. He can play he's big. He's physical. He's strong. He can run. He can move. He's got the arm. So do I think he can be the bears future of the Chicago bears? Absolutely. Uh, but at the same time, you don't want to put him in too soon. And they're going to have to judge that. Cause they do have, they almost have Kirk cousins light. And Andy Dalton, he could keep you afloat. There you he's, go. Not gonna, he's not going to crush you. And, and heck, at Andy's peak, he was probably better than Kirk Cousins is, especially right now. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I would you know, obviously always lean towards the younger guy. And I think there are things Fields does. I covered multiple training camps with Andy Dalton. I think there are going to be some things Fields does in the preseason where the pressure is going to be on to play him because he's, he's just so much more physically gifted than Andy Dalton physically gifted than hell most of the quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. All right, man, let's go bite some kneecaps and head to the motor city in Detroit, <laughs> Detroit. Um, it fell right. The draft fell right for him because when you're in a situation where Detroit is, where you pretty much need everything, you get a franchise left tackle that kind of slips down to you. You don't wait, you go ahead and snatch them up. And that's exactly what they did. Some people said they probably should have gone for a quarterback, but they love Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions took Panay Sewell. They've kind of gone with this infrastructure approach. That's Dan Campbell wants to be a tough guy. And that's so this is going to be a slow build to me. I think I think what Detroit is looking like is just this team that wants to kind of grow into this physical team that the first couple of years coaches rave about how hard of an out they are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like, this is, this, you don't want to come play them, man. Every week, man, you come play them, they're ready. Sort of like, you know, I think they want to go the way the Buffalo Bills did the first two years. Just to be that hard out, just do everything, just get all of these infrastructure parts. 
before they go, bang, here we are. I like what they've done so far. Sometimes you got to keep it solid and keep it in the middle of the road and press conferences aside. It seems like that's what they've done. Yeah. They, they certainly got more physical. The problem is, is talent wise, they're still fourth in this division. They have the worst quarterback in this division, in my opinion. And I know I said, Kirk cousins, I'd still take Kirk cousins over Jared Goff, uh, especially now. How is Kirk uh, Jared Goff, excuse me, going to be w- without Sean McVay. And that's, that's one of the things without some of these high end weapons that he had, I mean, Robert Woods is no joke. Cooper cup is no joke. And you you look at Detroit, Kenny Galladay is gone. Marvin Jones is gone. It's going to be tough. And I get it. You want to be physical and and you want to run the ball. It's only going to take you so far. So I wouldn't be shocked at off the lions are in the quarterback market again next year. They're certainly going to be at the, at the bottom of this division. It would really shock me barring, I guess, catastrophic injuries. Like even if, let's say the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers, give me the Jordan Love-led Packers over the Lions. They're not going to be in the basement. So I I just think the Lions are in the basement here. Yep, I totally agree with you. Let's go out west and have us some fun, man. Here we go. Yeah, this is the fun division right here. Best for last here. Yeah, and you know, I I looked at this because they're on the Jaguars schedule too. And uh, this is going to be a fun division. Let's go up north and talk about Seattle. I really don't know what to expect other than Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. He's a DK, DK run the other day. Freak. He's, He's a, a freak, man. He is a freak. But let me tell you how people switch this narrative around real quick. People are saying, yeah, he finished ninth, but he outweighed those guys by 30 pounds. Yeah, he also outweighed Buda Baker by 30 pounds the night he caught him and all of, and everyone said that he should be the anchor on the four by 100 team and track. <laughs> Don't switch this up saying he out. He also outweighed that guy on TV. He ran behind for just think about it like this. I told people track and football speed is different. He caught a guy from 15 yards behind those guys on TV left him by 10 yards. It's different. It's di- <laughs> come 10, on now. He 10, was three, flying. Though. He was flying. He was flying, but I don't want to hear it. the narrative. Wasn't that he couldn't run. The narrative was that. He caught a small guy. Look how small that guy is, and he ran him down. Yep, and look how small those dudes were running away from him. That's that. That's what I was trying. I wasn't, I'm not hating. I'm just saying they thought he was Usain Bolt. I tried to tell people he's not. You, you sound like you're hating. I ain't hating. I'm just telling the truth. I didn't man. expect him to win anything. Me either. Just, Me either. But, you know. Me either. But, but hello, it's good to see him out there. And no, it's uh, good uh, to see him competing. You know, it, uh, it really is. Of all those dudes, he, he looked the best. DK Metcalf must just live on built bars. I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it must be because he's just such a freak. But for, for this Seattle team, you, you know the move I actually liked a lot. I like that they traded for Gabe Jackson, and it felt like a, a lot at the time. They gave up a third, but Russell Wilson was unhappy, and you get him a hopefully a franchise guard, someone that can hold down the interior of that line for the foreseeable future. And then in round two, their first pick. They go out and they get this kid, Dwayne Eskridge, the wide receiver. Um, and, and to me, out of Western Michigan, Eskridge to me is like ready-made. He's 23 years old, almost 24, speedy, can give you special teams versatility. And now you got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Dwayne Eskridge. Yep. He should be able to contribute right away. The offensive line should be better. I like what the, uh, the Seahawks have done overall, despite not having a first-round pick in this draft. And you know what? Like the Patriots – at least over the last couple of years, they haven't really drafted extremely well. And they're they're one of those teams that are like known to really draft well. Not really. They kind of missed on some people. And and it's not what you really expect, but they've still been competitive. 
I do like Eskridge, and people say, well, did they really need that? It doesn't matter if you need it or not. He's fast, and you put him out there with Lockett and DK, and now Russell Wilson tossing the ball around. They're going to be a very, very dangerous offense. And, and like you said earlier, and, I, and I'll pretend that I stole – well, I'm going to steal this from you. It's not shameless. You have to score points. Mm-hmm. You have to score points in this league. Let's slide down and go into California and talk about the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford. We mentioned Detroit earlier. Stafford is now replacing Jared Goff with the Rams. Every time I think about the Rams, here's what I think about. The first thing I think about is this. They still got Jalen Rams and they still got Aaron Donald. That's mm-hmm. that's on defense. Very good. But I remember that they added Deshaun Watson. I have no idea why they drafted Tutu Atwell, but that's a whole nother story. But then they, they, they have Cooper Cup and they have Robert Woods. I mean, I know none of them is, is Calvin Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. But is this the best group as far as a group of receivers that Matthew Stafford's ever had? Oh, it's close. It's close. And what it depends on, honestly, is Deshaun Jackson's health. Because if Deshaun Jackson can stay healthy, I still think he's a game changer. Right. Speed. Can't teach it. I bet Deshaun Jackson at 45. We saw Michael Vick run a 4.7240 a couple weeks ago. I bet Deshaun Jackson will run a 4.5. At 40 years old, well, you know, without working out again, you know, he's just that type of freak. Daryl Green so, ran a four or five at 50. Uh, who did? Yeah, Daryl Green. Oh, let's see. There you go. So, yeah. like, DJX is like that, honestly. Yep. Um, so, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, who I like. They, some are going to call me crazy, I think, and I don't know what the odds are. Uh, I need to check him at Bet Online for the Rams. I think they're the best team in this division. There you go. I knew it was I, coming. I think they're the best team in this division. 2-2 Atwell. Let's say Deshaun Jackson does get dinged up. You're telling me a 2-2 Atwell can't give them a, a speed element that needs to be accounted for right away? They drafted him in the second round for a reason because they got a quarterback that could throw it three miles. And you got Cooper Cup, who could be a safety net. Robert Woods, same thing. You're talking about guys that can play outside but also kick inside and two speedsters, speedsters and D-Jack and Atwell. I love, love what they've done here. And by the way, my guy, Andrew Whitworth, I think it's going to be his last year in Los Angeles. All He's still, still a stud at left tackle, man. Still a stud there. So you got that left tackle uh, spot held down. And then you mentioned it on defense, Aaron Donald. You got him. He's the best defensive player, best defensive player in the NFL. Done. Best non-quarterback in the league to me. And Jalen Ramsey. That's, yep. that's enough. That's enough. And they kept Leonard Floyd. And they – I think they're going to be really, really good. And we're going to see if Sean McVay has another level, we're going to see it this year with Matthew Stafford. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if we're talking about Matthew Stafford, get this, in the MVP race. Oh. Wouldn't be shocked. Well, wouldn't I be wouldn't, shocked at all. I wouldn't either because I think he I think he has a toy and I think he's going to want to let it rip out there. Arizona. Arizona, another team that added some weapons. One of the most intriguing draft picks was them picking Rondale Moore and me trying to figure out how they were going to figure out the figure a way to use him. They took Zayvon Collins in the first round and mm-hmm. with him and JJ Watt and, and Isaiah Simmons and, and Chandler Jones, they're going to get really weird on defense and have guys running all over the place. I think they're very physical and formidable on defense, but this is all about Kyler Murray and getting Kyler Murray weapons. So I was a little bit concerned when they got AJ green because they got really old with Larry Fitzgerald. But when you get Rondell Moore to go with Christian Kirk, now I'm thinking, okay, they might be all right. It's time for Kyler to step up. 
And to make the be- Baker Mayfield jump, that that jump he made last I mean, year. He's better than Baker. I mean, I think he's better than Baker Mayfield, anyways. But I mean, right. like, make the. Is that a take, by the way? Is that a take? <laughs> Kyler Murray's better than Baker Mayfield. I hope it's not a take. Uh, I covered Baker. You, you would take Baker Mayfield over Kyler Murray? I'm just no, asking. I probably I wouldn't. I probably would. No. I was just, you know, and that's nothing against Baker. Anyways, no, I. It's time for Kyler to take the MVP jump. Oh, okay. If, if 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 the Arizona Cardinals are going to be the team that they just spent money on being with JJ Watt on one side and Chandler Jones on the other and AJ Green on the opposite side of DeAndre Hopkins with these little speedsters like Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore, then guess what? They're going to have to have to take another step. And what is that? That's Kyler Murray. And if he takes another step to me, he should be in that MVP conversation. So two things need to happen. He needs to not be dinged up because I think he got dinged up last year and played through some injuries. And Murray, despite his size, is good at not taking hits. And then the other thing he needs to do, Tony, is just more consistent. Right. And maybe that's adding these weapons that, that helps him get more consistent. But if he does that, outside of – and I just said Matthew Stafford, outside of Russell Wilson, he's the best quarterback in that division and he could be like his ceiling to me could be Russell Wilson. Like he can be in that uh, area. And I think he's faster than Wilson and avoids hits better than Wilson and, and has, you know, arguably as good of weapons, depending on which AJ green you get. So to me, there's certainly a, a path for the Cardinals to take a couple steps forward and maybe even win the division, not that they'd be the favorites, but it's going to start with Kyler Murray. Can he take a couple steps to where, you know, Tony Wiggins on lockdown NFL isn't, thinking about whether or not he's better than Baker Mayfield. And we're talking about him in just a, a higher class of quarterback. The Aaron Rodgers is of the world. The Russell Wilson's of the world. If he, if he does that in 2021, the Cardinals are going to be a problem. Gotcha. Another team that took a young quarterback, San Francisco 49ers. They took Trey Lance and ended a lot of draft suspense in the first round. Apparently they're going to let Jimmy G though, keep the reins until Trey Lance is ready to go. So with the 49ers getting a lot of injured players back back from last year and with their quarterback situation being what it is, are we going to see the 49ers more like they were two years ago when they were a Super Bowl contender, or are they somewhere stuck between that and what they were last year? And is this uh, really a move for the future for John Lynch and young Shanahan? I think they got a shot. And that's the thing is you could make an argument for all four of of these teams to win the division. And put holes in the oh well Matthew Stafford what's he Stafford what's he won um, the, the Seahawks they haven't done enough to keep Russell Wilson upright that that marriage is going to end soon the Cardinals come on eight and eight are you really buying into them and then the 49ers are like yeah we have the best defensive line in the division and we're going to get after it and we're going to get after you and we're going to run the ball and we're going to be physical and by the way we have this new quarterback that we're going to be able to sub in at times and if Jimmy G goes down guess what we're gonna be able to keep him around and put him in. And I think that's what they're going to do. You're going to see some Trey Lance regardless of Jimmy G's health. And they're interesting. I'll say that they're certainly interesting and health is the key. If they could stay healthy. I mean, would it shock you if these teams are all hovering the 49ers won six games last year with all the injuries they had, all of these teams could be hovering at at least 500, maybe better. And, you know, I'd have to do the math there, but it's a, it's a, it's a really, really good division. And so if I had to guess, I would bet on the coaching 
of the 49ers because I do believe in Kyle Shanahan along with some of those players on the, the roster, both on offense and defense. I think they take a step forward. There's no way they finish last in this uh, in this conference or in this division, excuse me, and whenever, in 2021. And whenever you have three players, I believe, they're in the top five of their position in the NFL, and they do, you can always count on them uh, mm-hmm. being around. And that's Fred Warner at linebacker, um, Nick Bosa at defensive end, and George Kittle at tight end. I think – and top five might be being modest. I think they might be top three in the league at their respective positions. We'll take a look at some teams that did some things in the draft in our third draft and our third and final uh, segment, the draft segment, ask about some local kids and how they're affected by some things that may have happened in the last couple of days. We'll do this on our third and final segment here on locked on NFL on a Wednesday. BetOnline.ag is the place for you to go to make sure that you get paid when you want to bet on games. I'm telling you, man, this week has had tons of action from the NFL draft that just ended the Kentucky Derby, uh, the run for roses, the first leg of the triple crown. Now there's two more legs to go. So you got to make sure that you stay in tune to that. But the NBA playoffs are starting to shape up major league baseball and, and the NHL is really in full swing. So it's time for you to make sure you get paid. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs into the playoffs in a couple of these major sports. Head to the website to use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline is your online sportsbook expert. It's where I go, and it's also where you need to go because it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. i got to also tell you about Built Bar, man. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. And there's one place you can get it, and that's at BuiltBar.com. Now, if you're on Twitter, go to at bar underscore built, follow them so they can give you updates and all the new flavors, all the new things that they're putting out. Some of them on a limited basis. So you better make sure you get to them in a hurry. Now, what you can do is go to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15. And what that gets you is 15% off of your next order of Built Bars that'll be delivered to your door, your mailbox. What you're going to get is 100% covered in chocolate, the best protein bars on the market. 100% covered in chocolate. You heard me. And they're packed with protein. But here's the thing. They don't have a lot of calories. They don't have a lot of carbs. They don't have a lot of sugar. And they're good for your palate because they taste good. It tastes like you're eating a candy bar but they don't punish you the way eating a candy bar punishes you. It's eating a healthy protein bar while you're working out, trying to look good for your diet. So it's Built Bar at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, and you're going to get 15% off of your next order, and you can follow them on social media at Twitter at at bar underscore built. All right, Tony Wiggins back with James Rapine on uh, Wednesday's edition of Locked on NFL. Uh, I was looking over the draft, James. And one of the things I saw was some teams missed on some players in some areas in the draft that uh, that everyone thought that they would address. One of the biggest misconceptions, and it's going on nationally, and I want you to clear it up for me because it's absolutely driving me crazy. And I talk about it on Twitter and people go, do you cover the Bengals? So I'm going to let you do it. How come everyone acts Keyshawn Johnson did it the other day. They activists as if just because the Bengals took Jamar Chase, that the offensive line market was now closed. And because they did not take Panay Sewell, 
That means they were ever, never, ever, ever allowed to even suit up another offensive lineman in the history of the franchise. Can you explain why not taking Penesu well did not mean that the Bengals can't protect Joe Burrow? Well, they didn't necessarily need a tackle. And I think that's the first Thank thing. Thank you. Penny Sewell would probably have started at right guard if they drafted him. And they were interested in him. They liked him a lot. They just had Jamar Chase a bit higher. And it wasn't because of Joe Burrow as much as it was, man, this Chase kid is, he's rare. He's different. You know, we, we got to get him. And, and he's our, our shot here. No, they, they have two starting tackles. Riley Reef at right tackle. Jonah Williams, they used the 11th pick on him a couple of years ago. And a guy that they really like. He played 10 games last year, missed his entire rookie year with an unfortunate injury from minicamp. But they like him a lot. And, and so that's the thing is like, I don't know how much better Penny Sewell would have been compared to a Jackson Carmen at right guard this year. Now, you might make the argument Penny Sewell's a future Hall of Famer. Right, and that's why you take him. But they think Jamar Chase could be that too. Plus, they can get the right guard that they needed, and they did in Jackson Carmen. And that's that to me is the argument. They drafted three offensive linemen. They added Riley Reef. They re-signed Quentin Spain. That's five guys that they're either developing or adding and in, in, in starting potentially this season that that weren't around last year for the entire year. Certainly weren't around in training camp in, in Quentin Spain's case. So, Joe Burrow's offensive line is much better. It is now. Is it a top 10 line? I don't think so. They also fired, by the way, Jim Turner, moved on from him and brought in a new offensive line coach because they weren't satisfied with the progress there in the development. So the offensive line is better. They care about the line. They just thought Jamar Chase was a better prospect than Penny Sewell. By the way, the Dolphins did too. By the way, I think the Falcons did too. By the way, I think the Detroit Lions did too, even though they wouldn't admit it. And that's me speculating a little bit, but are you really passing on Jamar Chase for Penny Sewell, I, I think most teams in the league wouldn't have, and that's why the Bengals took him because they had the same grade. They had Chase a little, little bit farther ahead of uh, of Sewell than I think most thought, and I thought it was the right decision. People don't understand that coaches recognize alpha dogs that can score touchdowns, and they know them and they get them because they are not mm-hmm. a dime a dozen. So the, I'm going to talk about the Jaguars because. Their one, their, their need in the offseason, their main need was tight end. They didn't, they didn't address it until the final round of the draft. And then yesterday, uh, they made an announcement in free agency. But the thing that folks don't understand is this. Talent accumulation in one offseason is not, it's not like a bingo card, right? It's not like the team that, you know, in bingo, you, it's, it's they call the numbers out and whoever fills their whole card up first wins the game. That's not how you win in football. You can actually go and play a football game and a couple of your squares are empty, but your squares that are full are so good that you win the game. And I think when it's talent accumulation in the offseason, everyone assumes that you got to get a guy at every spot. You got to use this pick on that and this pick on that. They didn't like the tight end class that was in the draft other than Kyle Pitts. So what the Jaguars did was they waited and waited and waited. And they got Luke Farrell from Ohio State who – had his best game of his career against Clemson in the semifinal of the college football championship. And he ends up because of that familiarity. He ends up because of that familiarity coming here to play with urban Meyer at Ohio state. And folks are asking me, James, well, is that good enough? Is that good enough? Is that good enough? Well, apparently not because you guys have gotten word that in a week or two, I guess the Jaguars are going to sign Tim Tebow to a one-year contract 
to come in and play tight end? I don't know. You're just chomping at the bit to ask me about. <laughs> Here, this is how I would use Tim Tebow. Like everyone's like tight end. Well, he's not Gronk. All right, they're not. I, I, to me, he's an H back. Like th- that's how I see him. I, I think he could get some goal line carries. He can block. I, I don't think he's going to get a ton of targets necessarily. And he's going to be a guy that has to do a bunch of little things like that. I mean, am I crazy there? That's how I would use Yeah, you're crazy. Tebow. Yeah, you're crazy because it's been eight years. Eight years, and the guy's been thinking about hitting a curveball. It's hard enough after a year to, to play this game. Eight years of thinking and concentrating mentally on something else, that's a long time. And then you're you're retraining your body to do a job. You're 34 now. All of us, when we were 34, thought we were still 24, but we weren't. Your body's going to tell you the truth, man. These little 24-year-old dudes will run circles around you. And you used to run people over? <laughs> Watch this. It's, it's not going to be the same. And as much as I respect everyone's job, I just don't. I just think it's too hard to, to, to just say, okay, I'm a quarterback today, and eight years later, I'm a tight end. No, there's some stuff tight ends do that, that's pretty important. Like, they recognize those second-level linebackers and stuff. When Trevor gets his block knocked off one day because of Tebow, this experiment's going to be over. That's fair. And I'm not saying he's going to make the team. Right. I wouldn't use him as – like I said, I would probably almost use him like Kyle Juszczyk more than I would a tight end. Like, that, that that's the thing is a guy who's – yeah, he better get ready to knock some people's blocks off and make a couple catches out of the backfield and get a couple direct snaps. And that's if he makes the team. Because here's the thing. Why wouldn't you put Tim Tebow on the one next to Trevor Lawrence and then snap it to him and have him instead of Trevor Lawrence, who weighs you know 20 pounds more than me, and I'm 5'9", uh, maybe a little more than 20 pounds, but still, he's thin. He's a string bean right now. Uh, instead of running him up the gut, let Tim Tebow take those hits at 33, you, 34 years old. Or you can let Travis Etienne take those hits. My fantasy team wants Travis Etienne to take those hits, but I'm just saying. By the way, is he going to get some work? Should I worry about James Robinson, or should no. I take Travis Etienne in a, a dynasty draft? You, you can take them overall? both. You can take them both. Just treat it treat it the way you would treat Taylor and, and Hines in, in Indy or – the way you used to treat Williams and the other running back in Green Bay, or either one of the running backs. Robinson's the backup. No, I think Robinson's going to start. I think each is a weapon, and I think it's split oh, back. My God. I think they're split backs. I think uh, I think uh, Etn lines up in the slot. I think you're going to see him all over the place. I think you'll see them both in the game at the same time. I need Etn to get some run, dude. And I, no, James no, Robinson no. was good for me last year. I need him. No, no, ETN's going to get major run. He's got, okay. they, it's, it's not going to be a situation where, no, he's going to get major run. He's going to get major run. He's going he's gonna to get Austin Eckler type run. Oh, uh, so he's a PPR gold, huh? PPR yeah, gold. I, think, I think that's what he is. I think he's PPR gold. It's going to be, uh, my best way of saying it was, remember the year when it was Ingram and uh, Ingram Kamara? Kamara? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what they're trying to do. Robinson is Kamara, or Ingram, and, and ETN's Kamara? There you go. All right. Well, I'm drafting ETN now. And if he's not Alvin Kamara, I'm coming go. down. Yeah, man. You can blame me for it. <laughs> blame me for it. Blame me for it. Do that. As as usual, always on a Wednesday is fun, but we got to go. But uh, James Rapine, Tony Wiggins, love hanging out with you guys every single Wednesday. We're going to bring some more content here next week. Make sure you tune in uh, all week um, here on Locked On NFL. Also, check out uh, the Locked On Today podcast with my man Peter Bukowski. I call it the shot of espresso because he gives it to you every single morning and it's a hot 20 minutes 
And it's every single story that's in sports from around the sports world and the use of local experts. I was actually on yesterday's edition talking about what else Tim Tebow. So make sure you check that out. And it's a combination of him and with it's a partnership, the Odyssey app, and you can subscribe and get that podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts and do the same thing with locked on NFL subscribe wherever you get your podcast. I'm James. No, he's James. I'm Tony. We're out until next week, and we'll see you do what you always do and continue to take care of each other. For James Rapine, Tony Wiggins, we'll see you this time next week.